Hi friends, this is Erin Michelle. Welcome to Steps to Trusting. It is my goal here to meet you where you are in your faith journey and encourage you to continue to take steps to trusting the Lord more fully. I'm glad you're here, and I think you'll be too. If you've found yourself struggling to remain present, wishing that a challenge that you are in would pass, or if you've found yourself hiding from the challenge in front of you, then this conversation is for you. I pray you'll be blessed. I'm also joined by Anna Kiker. Anna is a good friend of mine. She's a military wife, mom of three, who has lived all over the world. She's originally from Russia, and I met her when she moved to Philadelphia about five years ago. Anna is a godly woman. I'm excited for you guys to hear part of her story. Anna, hi and welcome. Friend, I am so excited. Thank you for being willing to share this part of your story with us. My friend, I'm so passionate about this, and I'm so grateful to share with you what a precious, precious walk with the Lord it could be if we just let go of the fear and trust the Lord in our day. Anna, I love your excitement. So let's jump right in. For those of you that are listening in, this conversation is centered around something that I personally am constantly facing. How do we engage with what's happening right in front of us? How do we not be distracted by the future or by what feels overwhelming? How do we be present with our families, whether things are going perfectly or whether we're going through challenges? Anya, I've heard you share a struggle in your background. I've heard you say that you grew up believing that if you didn't take care of yourself, no one else would, and that this drove you to look for results and progress instead of being present in the moment. You also shared that you didn't even see that this mindset of being driven for results and progress instead of living present with God in the moment was affecting you so strongly until you moved to Philadelphia. Can you share a snapshot of what that time period looked like? And then we can hopefully dig into some of what God was working in your life. Yes, we moved many, many times across the world. And our recent move has been to Philadelphia. To give you a little tiny background, there were a lot of things happening with us. My husband started a PhD program. I had to go from being a part-time working mom to a full-time working mom. The kids have never had this experience before with their mom being gone all day long. And they were in a brand new school with no friends, being sort of persecuted for being Christian and have a different mindset coming to this area. We immigrated my parents right at the same time. And my mom was diagnosed with cancer at the same time with no health insurance yet available because they literally just moved. So our life was extremely intense in that particular uh, period of time. And I've gone through hard stuff. I grew up in a very volatile part of Russia too. So I've been through a lot of hard things, but there's something about moving to Philadelphia. The trial, the heat was turned up to a degree that I have never experienced before. And things happening with intensity of trial every single day. I made a choice. I wanted to pay attention to my surroundings and actually be present with my kids. I started realizing in Psalm 23 that God prepared to one presence of the enemies. He wanted us to rejoice in him in the midst of our troubles. And this is where I felt like in the trial, in the moment, I sense his presence, that he is with me every step of the way. And then when the trials come, I started realizing that they are changing me. 
those trials. They're changing my family. They're changing those around me. And I felt like if we we're willing and open, the changes could be good. So that was the beginning of a new movement in my heart that the Lord had been whispering to me a long time. It's just I was finally willing to surrender and listen. Could you share with us a little bit of how you were feeling his presence during the day? I think because I paused and I became aware I needed to run to his presence. I got this idea of abiding in Christ. John 15, 4 said, abide in me through the moments of the day. I felt like I just needed to remember that I must remember to surrender. What did you do specifically to help yourself be present? I think I just kind of want to clarify that being fully present to me wasn't just noticing what was happening around me. It's precious that I finally started noticing the kids and and everything around me. I was kind of taking the life in and that's precious in itself. But it was actually being prepared for the day to notice and be present. And what do I mean by being prepared for the day? For me personally, it meant getting up in the morning to be with the Lord. One of the scriptures that I loved was from Exodus when it talked about that Israelites had to come and gather manna in the morning for the day. And I felt like because manna came to Israel early morning, it was sort of instructive to me that, you know, I wonder if morning can be crucial to my day. I tread here gently with our listeners because I understand what it's like to be a mom with a newborn and you literally just fed your baby at four in the morning. What does the morning mean to you, right? So I don't want to sound very legalistic when it comes to morning hours. I know for a lot of our listeners, that could mean before going to bed or preparing for the next day or throughout the day, your baby's down for a nap and you have that little 15 minute time, or maybe it's just again throughout the day. So, but coming to the Lord every day, quieting myself. If I know about what the day could bring, maybe I know already about the challenges that I'm facing, then I just feel like I'm laying them down before the Lord. And I feel like it's almost like he's walking me through those before I even get to it. So that has been crucial, just coming to him, laying down my anxieties, journaling, and letting him speak to me. As you were talking about that gathering each day, that idea of getting the manna, I just really was thinking about how how important it is as the Israelites were to go out each day and depend on the Lord. And so I was thinking, what were those specific acts that you did in, in the day to go out and depend on what the Lord had for you for that day? I think it started with my time with the Lord. Journaling is something that's been very important to me. I know journaling sounds probably overwhelming. I love journaling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know sometimes it sounds overwhelming because people think it's like this intense time of writing. It could be as, you know, as little as or as much, but I think it helped me to focus on being present with the Lord in that moment in the morning. And as I would journal down my thoughts, I would journal out my anxieties, my fears, I guess things that I was expecting that are going to come, I challenges that I knew were coming, and then just pause and kind of let him walk me through that day ahead of me and surrendering. And as I would pour, I felt like God would pour into me with his scriptures of comfort. And as I lay down my burden right there on the paper, I felt like, okay, I am ready. I'm ready to face the day. And did I do it perfectly every day? Absolutely not. Did the time of being with him in the morning prepared my heart so much better? then if I wasn't there, absolutely. 
What are some of the verses that really encouraged you when you were going through this time? Yes. So I would say if you look, let's say in Psalm 44 or Psalm 42, a couple of Psalms that would share that he is pretty frustrated and he's pretty angry and crying out with the Lord with the despair. But you also see that in it, he's reminding himself, why are you so downcast within me, my soul? Why are you downcast? Put your trust in God. I will still yet rejoice in the Lord. That helps me to be present in my circumstances. I feel like when I'm going through the day and new circumstances pop up that I wasn't even prepared for or even anticipated, and that could bring the sense of anger, fear, frustration, resentment, and confusion with the Lord of why these events are being allowed into my day. And this is where I'm encouraging our listeners, and this is what helps me to continue staying present in the day and in the trials, is wrestle it out with the Lord. If you need sort of the blueprint of how to do it, look at Psalms. I feel like Psalms have been such a gift to us because this is where God is showing he's not afraid of us being honest with him about our emotions, what we're feeling. He actually almost encourages us to be that honest because during that wrestling, this is where we get to see God's heart and him helping us and him changing our heart through the process. If we sort of pretend that everything's fine and yet we're so resentful in in the heart, that's not going to change us. That's not going to change our circumstances. It's not going to change our heart. But if we wrestle it out with the Lord throughout the day, cry out, pray, think, share how it is with the Lord. I feel like that is another way for us to stay fully present with our circumstances, engage with our circumstances fully instead of avoiding them, hiding from them, controlling them, but engaging them. If we do it with the Lord, I feel like that is another way to stay present. What do you think made you choose to spend that time with him in the morning? I think because I try not to before as well. And I just saw that it wasn't working. And I think you can agree with me, you burn out pretty quickly. There's not much that we have in ourselves that can sustain us. And I felt like it's almost like it was a yearning and a need. I knew it was only him who is capable to get me through the day. Because at that point, I guess when we were towards off it, the trials came up to the point that I no longer felt like I could handle myself like I used to before in other trials. It was beyond anything I could do. And I guess it was sort of out of that need of their trying circumstances. I wish it wasn't that. I wish I was in great state of life and I just so honestly wanted to be with the Lord. But I think it was that desperation that led me to realize I came to the end of myself and it was only God who's going to help me to get through the day and actually take a breath as I got up in the morning. So that morning time with the Lord was not something I wanted or something that I thought was a great idea. It was needed. It was necessary. I couldn't do it without it. It's so interesting. As I have been asking people to talk about how they trust the Lord, there is this constant inflow of conversation that is struggles and trials. You know, it's not in the moments that, that we feel like we have it all together, that we're like, oh, I'm trusting God so strongly. And, and yes, there may be this underlying trust or thankfulness, but when we actually have to act in faith, it's these hard moments. It's the need. It's like you saying, I can't get through my day if I don't do it by starting with God. Yeah. You know, our hearts are, are prone to wonder, right? Yeah. I mean, we, whenever we are doing well and there's this sort of comfort 
maybe that we have in our life. We're distracted. And then when the trials come, that's when the carpet swept over. And maybe my hope going through trials and as that induces this dependence on the Lord that that I'm not going to walk away from God as quickly when the trials sort of cease for a while. I'm still going to stay dependent on him. Yeah. How does learning that trust help you to engage in the present now if you're going through a normal situation in life? Well, I honestly do believe that he is the source of all wisdom. He is the source of strength. He is the source of helping me to make decisions through the day as I abide in him. So I feel like having experienced to walk with him in the trial of the day through the intensity of pain, it's almost like I don't want to let go of that dependency of him. That even when my days have gotten easier in some ways and it's not as, oh my goodness, I can't breathe kind of day, I have really gotten used to the feeling of just present. I want to cry out to him throughout the day. I feel like I'm having a constant conversation with him throughout the day. My prayer life sometimes, yes, there's this dedicated time, let's say in the morning where I sit down with the Lord, but also throughout the day, I feel like I'm continually communing, continually talking, learning to pause. For example, if I'm having a conflict with my child, before I think I would immediately react, I would just let my flesh go there. But I think through the trials and learning to pause in the trials for necessity now, it's almost like it's it becoming a habit where I'm learning to pause and pray in my net. What is the right way to respond? What is going to be the most loving thing to do in the situation? Or a lot of the times my prayer would be like, Lord, please help me surrender my flesh in a moment. Help me to die to myself so you can live through me in the moment of conflict with my husband or my children or my parents call me because they don't speak English. I have to do everything for them and with them. They call and they say something broke in their house and I have to go and call things and fix it. Like the overwhelming things that come, I pause and I pray and I ask the Lord, please love through me, walk through me, help me die to myself, help me get in the car, help me drive and love on my parents the best you know how. One of the big things that sticks out to me is the idea of surrendering and the idea when I think about the trust and the desire to instead run from a difficult situation or hide from a difficult situation and not face the difficulty of it. If we're running from it, we aren't trusting God that he has a purpose for it in our lives. So I was thinking about applying this specifically to our mom life, right? I think for me personally, I am struggling with this balance. And so I'm wondering if we can speak to other people that are are struggling with that balance, you know? So for me personally, I am finding it hard to set aside the time, but to yet be present with my kids and be ready to be present with them, you know? And I think, so I'm processing through like, how do I apply this to my life? And I've heard some great things. So I'm just going to like kind of shoot them back. You're talking about first being in his presence, but in those moments, taking the pause and laying yourself down. And I think that's something I want to make sure that, that we all take away that surrendering in that moment. You know, I was, I was actually talking with someone recently about choices and how we have a 
choice in those moments. You're talking about that pause. There's a choice. Am I going to do the thing that is easier that's for myself or am I going to do the thing that I'm laying myself down in a way to serve the one that's in front of me and therefore serve the Lord, right? So I love, I love that practical advice. If I can speak to the balance idea. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, Erin, honestly. I, I mean, if, if anyone out there have to figure out sort of the balance, <laughs> uh, please, by all means, I'll give you my address. I would love to hear that. I still have not figured out a balance. I'm a full-time working mom. I'm taking care of my parents full-time, kids, and my husband is still a PhD student, so it's intense. So I've kind of surrendered through the last five years that I've stopped looking for sort of the magic balance. I am looking more for how to exist in attention. Mm-hmm. I feel like my, I'm always in attention and I always realize something will have to give. And I'm finally finding the freedom that something will have to give and I will never be able to balance something. So if it means that that particular day we're going to order pizza because mom decided that I have been staying at work later and I just want to call them and I want to spend 20 minutes individually with each child. So I have three kids, 20 minutes with each child, that's an hour. That's how long it's going to take me to sort of make the food, serve it and put it on the table. I'm going to order pizza. I'm going to take that 20 minutes and I'm going to spend it with each child that day because I haven't had any time with them. On the other days, I'm home. I spend a lot of time with the kids. You know what? That cabinet in the kitchen has been driving me crazy for a year. I'm going to take time and I'm going to organize it. And it's going to make everybody feel happier because we can find <laughs> our stuff. So I just wonder if it's continual living intention daily. And I think that's why going back to this idea of daily living is that you're faced with a brand new day every single day. You have this idea of mercies are new every day. Come to the Lord. I guess it doesn't have to be 30 minutes of your time. No, 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 no. What if it's just a breath of a prayer? You're standing in the shower in the morning. You're about to face your day. Can you pray? Can you ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be mindful of your wisdom today as I go through making decisions. Help me to just be aware of your presence that I can be prayful throughout the day. And when the decisions come, help me choose. Help me choose what is something that's going to edify you today. And every day will look different from the other. And I think that's where I guess sort of the balance for me. It's not that I've perfectly balanced my full-time working with housework, with attention. No, it's just in that day, I sought the Lord and my decisions looked a little different than the next day. But I prayed and I sought his wisdom. What I hear is a heart position, right? It's that yeah. turning to him. It's that coming to him and desiring to walk with him instead of desiring to walk our own way. Right. Yeah. I think I think we really haven't fully tapped in and I haven't either this idea of what does it look like to abide in him. Like that when she just talked about the branches in the vine. Yeah. And John 15. We quote that scripture, we talk about it, right? We hear sermons about it, but I don't think we've fully tapped into it. What's it like to abide in? I mean, it's like this full-on dependence on him continually. And I guess that's where I am excited to enter the stage of continual learning. Lord, what is it like for me to abide in you throughout my day? He promised rest. He promised to give me wisdom. He promised to guide me. So abiding in him, I think it's just that awareness. He is there. We're just not tapping into his presence. We're just not taking advantage of what he says, where my strength is perfect in your weakness. We're not tapping into it. I think we're too busy. I think 
if you're anything like me, you feel like I can handle it. I am strong woman and I'm just going to get it done. And we miss out. We miss out on just incredible opportunity of tapping into his strength. If life was easy and you didn't have to experience hard days or seasons, what blessing would you have missed? I thought about it so many times. <laughs> That's an excellent question. I actually felt jealous of people who seem to have easier lives, which is so not true because none of us get out of this life unscathed. But the more saturated the trials have become during our time in Philadelphia, the more saturated the presence of Jesus I felt. I am so grateful for that, Erin. I felt like if the saturation of trials didn't happen, I would have never experienced the closeness with Jesus, the understanding of his character that I've read about, I've heard about it. It's different when you sit at the church and you hear the pastor talk about God loves you, God is there for you, he's in the fire with you. And you just kind of sit there, blah, 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 because you don't really, you know, like, okay, this is great, yeah. you know. But then when you're in the fire and you kind of literally do get out of bed and feel like you can't breathe because somebody's sitting on your chest, hypothetically speaking, because you're just so anxious. And you suddenly hear the whisper that I am with you. And you suddenly figure out, okay, you get out of bed and you take a shower. And that was a big accomplishment because you feel like you're so depressed and you feel like you can't do it, but you're praying and you're going and taking a shower. You're praying as you get out of the shower. You're praying and you're asking God, please, Jesus, please help me. Help me get out of this room and face the bazillion of needs of that day. Just please help me, help me. And then suddenly seeing at the end of the day that I did it, but I only know I did it because of the Lord. And suddenly you realize he is loving. So what the pastor talks about in the church and whatever in the Bible, that is all true because I have seen it. In my own life, I've seen it today. I've seen it that I know for the fact that the reason I took a shower and I was able to yell in my room was because Jesus was with me and he literally walked me through those steps. I knew it wasn't me because I came to the end of myself the moment I got up that morning. And I guess that's where I will never trade any of the trials that happened because I have experienced what it's like, at least a glimpse of what it's like for the true Lord Jesus is. Who people talk about, I, I've tasted, I've, I've tasted the life. I don't want anything less than that anymore. I want that saturation of Jesus in my life. I don't want to go back to the time of life where I did not felt him the way I do now. Well, and I was thinking as you're talking, just for those of you who don't know Anya, <laughs> when I first met her, I knew she was a godly woman, but I have watched joy grow in her. And I'm not supposed to be crying, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I have watched joy grow in, in her and in you. And that has been so encouraging. Hearing you share about the things that you're going through in a godly way, right from the beginning that you are approaching them in a godly way. But now to hear you talk about the joy that you have, there is a difference in what God has worked in your life through this struggle. Mm -hmm. It's been a, a joy to watch you have that joy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If you could have taken away this challenge with this move, but you'd have to give up all that you learned and those around you learned, would you take it back? 
please don't, don't take it away from me. <laughs> no, I would say when I first moved here and I think Erin, you and I talked about it yeah. and it was just, I was so angry. I was bitter. I was resentful. I was telling everybody how I was dragged here against my will. Colorado <laughs> finally was my home. And why did God do this? Because my kids were hurting. We believe that this was really a breaking point for me. I just felt like, how could a loving God, how could a loving God bring so much pain with such intensity and in such short amount of time? I just could not bring myself to that. And I was trying to find somebody to blame for it. I was blaming my husband initially. I was blaming circumstances and everything. And eventually through again, wrestling with the Lord, I started realizing, you know what? My bone is to pick with you, God. <laughs> it is not about my husband coming to choosing to do his PhD work. You opened that door for us clearly. You are the one that brought us here. My bone is to pick with you and not with my husband. And this is where the turnaround came for me that I started engaging with the Lord with my heart and the bitterness and the anger and the frustration I had. And I decided to engage him versus hide from him or pretend that, okay, well, apparently God's not caring. So I've got to fix it myself and try to kind of figure it out. No, I started engaging him and I started seeking his heart. In that moment, things started changing for me and what the Lord has shown me, who he is in this and how he has brought amazing changes that actually have made us completely different people. No, I will never take it back. I will do this all over again. I know it's hard. And I, as I'm saying this, I have a little, <laughs> like, oh, a little shiver in my back. <laughs> right. Do I really, do I really mean it? But honestly, I do. We are different people. My kids are different people. And how are you different? How are your kids different? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I feel like we learn God is worthy of our trust. God is who he says he is. Before I went through this saturated amount of trial, I felt like I had a lot of head knowledge. I was discipled by the navigators. So scripture memory and everything was very near and dear to my heart. I could quote scriptures with the best of them, but I didn't live through those times. I did not live through the trials. So those scriptures I'm realizing now really didn't mean much to me. So the word is alive to me. The word is real. And when I read the Bible and I see what Jesus says, I, I see, oh my goodness, that is so true. I've seen it in my life. I've experienced the Lord being there. I've experienced the Lord saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Erin, I've seen it in my life. Before I actually memorized it and I quoted it, I didn't actually experience it, but I've experienced it. I experienced when it says in Peter, cast your anxiety unto him because he cares. I've experienced that. I've experienced that when there's all these things in the Psalms where David is realizing, wait a minute, but God will take care of me. God will set a table for me in the presence of my enemies and I can find joy and I can celebrate the moments in the middle of the trial. I have seen that. Those no longer a theory. Those no longer a Bible memorization or a pastor preaching. This is real. The Bible is real. The word is living. And now to me, it's like Christianity. It's a real thing. It's not, it's not a choice. It's not a religion. It's, it's real. It's, I don't know how do I would not be in his presence. I, I don't see how you can go through life like that. I, I don't know. Honestly, I've tried. It's, it's terrible. So my kids, my husband, there's a lot of humility that my husband has that I have never seen in my life that made him a gentler person that made him a person who understands who cares, who is slow to react, who approaches now situations with a lot of humility. I think my kids now are at a place where there is a lot of consideration for others. 
my daughter, for example, she's a teenager and reached out to a new girl that just moved a few months ago and said, I know what it's like to hurt like you're hurting right now. My teenage daughter ministered to another teenager so deeply. Do I want these trials to be taken away? No. What do you say to the person who stands in a similar place of trial? I want to tread this gently because trials are trials and they're different and they're real for each one of us. And I want to tread very gently. If another person would come to me during the time that I was going through and tell me, oh, girl, you got to read that Bible. (laughs) Jesus is real. This is all going to work out. I would be like, bite me. This is not going to work. So I'm very careful as I'm sharing this. I am very sensitive to the pain that our listeners might be going through. So please take it with sort of that humility that I'm sharing this. I am just encouraging you, engage with the Lord. Engage with the Lord. Start with crying out your pain. Start there. Just start sharing with the Lord how you feel. If you're afraid to do that, if you feel like, well, that's not a very Christian thing to do, or you don't really quite know, pick up the book of Psalms, start reading through them, and then put your name instead of David's name in them or the psalmist. Put your name as you cry out. Read that psalm as your prayer to God. Start praying. There is at least one psalm in that whole Bible that will speak to how you feel right now. And if you can pick up that psalm and you live through it and you choose one that reflects how you feel, pray it. Read it out loud to God and just pray, Lord, this is my prayer to you right now. This is how I feel. This is how I feel. Start with that. As you start gradually engaging that, I am imploring you, do it daily. Do it daily. Don't be afraid that maybe the first few days, all you're doing is you feel like you're complaining. All you're doing is you feel like you're crying out. God is there to handle that. God is so loving. He wants us to be our real self and listen. Don't be afraid to be who you are because I tell you this, as you continue wrestling with the Lord, your heart will start changing. You will start seeing yourself and God in such a different way. So I guess that's where I would start with. That's so good. That's just such wisdom. But to those of you who are listening, you know, hear that as someone who has been where you are. Hear that as someone who Mm -hmm. has grown through hardships. And those hardships are deep and wide. But Mm -hmm. now so is the joy of the Lord. Yes. Well, you got me crying. So that's a good podcast, right? My friend, my friend, I feel like is this idea that I've been desperate to share with others that have been so dear to me that if we learn to abide in him in the mundane of everyday life, then our everyday is no longer mundane, Aaron. It is so rich with his presence. And that's what I've seen. This past few days, I have been at home. The kids have been at home. That mundane, the last few days, was still very rich with his presence when I could actually be attentive. And I saw my daughter reflecting on something about her school and how she reacted to a school person and how much grace she decided to show. And it was just praising the Lord or a hurt that one is still experiencing as a high schooler and teenager, not quite fit in the community. And then processing it with the Lord and praying with him and crying out in the name of the Lord. Aaron, this is the mundane, but this is where the richness of Jesus is in that mundane of a day. It's incredible. It's incredible. The life is not easier. My trials have not gone away and I bet you they're still coming. But the actual day-to-day richness of the Lord, I can go to heaven now and just be like, Lord, thank you. I feel like I've lived a life and I'm so grateful. 
I love how you were just talking about the stepping in the mundane because again, so the show is called Steps to Trusting, right? And and I mm-hmm. think that's part of what I'm exploring. That's part of what I'm trying to learn is that each step we take has to be a step of trust. It can't just be the move. Yes, you have to trust God with the move, but it's those little moments, mm-hmm. moments of, am I going to trust God with mm-hmm. the daily small moments? Am I going to trust mm-hmm. him that, well, right now my husband doesn't have a job and that's where we're living, right? Or right now my child is struggling with something and that's where I'm living. Am I trusting him for that moment to say, this is really, really hard and yet you're doing something in it? Yeah. Uh, One of my children went through something that was hard at school several years ago as well. And we were just talking about it and how at that time I encouraged him to read through the Psalms. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about it now. He's had ups and downs at school and things like that. But I was just saying, do you remember how sweet those Psalms were then? Yeah. You know, and now it's like, there's been this this void of feeling that need to be in the Psalms for him, and he's feeling it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're still there waiting for you. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. It's like we're really, there's a presence of the Lord there that we're not tapping into. Yeah. You know, like, and I've started seeing that, that I, when we've started kind of changing the way we go about our day, I was like, wow, wow, there was, God was always there the whole time. Like in the little things that my daughter, was really blessed that I made her cinnamon rolls this morning and it took me to kind of lay down my life that I didn't get my workout in in time, but it blessed her day. It set her up for like this moment of, oh my goodness, I can go and take my test now because I feel loved. It wasn't about the cinnamon rolls. It was about love, but you're paying attention. And God was present. I tapped into his power to lay down myself, my agenda, what I wanted to do that morning to love my child. And then I was triply blessed. To see her little eyes light up and feeling loved. All it took is really me tapping into the Lord, strength to lay my life down that morning. I mean, I don't have all these pretty stories all the time, but I tell you this, I have a lot more of them now than I used to. Yeah. Because it's in the mundane, it's in everyday life that we see Jesus. I was wondering if you would close us in prayer and if you would cover us in prayer for his strength. Yes. Dear Lord, I am so excited that you have given us an opportunity to reflect on just a sliver of who you are. I am so incredibly grateful for this time with Aaron. Lord, I just pray that you will continue encouraging all of us to lay down our agenda, lay down our fears, lay down our resentment or regret or fear or anxiety by coming to you. Whenever it is, throughout the day, in the morning, in the evening, whenever it is, Lord, help us to become suddenly aware that you are around me, you're with me, you are available, you're available to talk, you're available to cry out to, you're available to scream, you're available to laugh with, you're available, you're always there, you're always there. Help us to become aware if we're we're going around our day in the kitchen or as we're trying to manage our kids' schedule or with COVID, as we're trying to figure out all the anxieties and fears, Lord, help us to remember you are here for us and we can pray out to you and we draw on your strength. And Lord, how grateful we are that you're there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being our God who is not far away, 
but ever so present right here, right now with us in the moment. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anya, thank you so much for joining me today and for encouraging each of us to depend on the Lord for each moment. Absolutely. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. I pray that it was a blessing as you listened in on how Anna was learning this lesson. Hope that whether you find yourself in the mundane, in the joyous, or in the hard places, that you would feel the tender tug of our Lord Jesus to cry out to him, to turn your heart to him, to spend time with him. Don't forget to check out the show notes. There are journaling questions there to help you process through. I love that one of the things Anna talked about was that she journaled and really let out her feelings and looked at the scriptures. There are some journaling questions to help you to do the very same thing. If you love to journal as much as Anna and I do, there is also a journaling resource in the show notes. It's a journaling Bible study to look at scripture and questions to help you to engage with the scripture and help you to look at what your next step might be. That is a free resource that I want to give you guys. Just click on the link, fill out the information, and I will send that free resource to you. Friends, as always, I hope to see you back here next time. But till then, I wanted to leave you with this reminder from Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Friends, I am praying for you as you keep on stepping 